Welcome. You're listening to Now That You Ask, curious answers to life's persistent questions as seen through the eyes of Akasha Halsey. That would be me. I'll be your host and guide as we settle in for a few minutes of the unexpected that may bring about your own questions and maybe even some answers too. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started with the show. Necessity is the mother of invention, Plato. This isn't one of those adages my mother posted next to my toothbrush holder, but it certainly could have been. Seeing red. My first real job was with an advertising agency in Atlanta. My daddy pulled some strings and got me in, but once there I had to prove myself. I was hired as a bookkeeper, about which I knew nothing, and soon discovered this ad agency represented Coca-Cola, a very big name in the South. After a few weeks, as my interest in bookkeeping waned, I began to pay attention to the conversations the media buyers in the department were having. They were mostly women, a rarity at that time, and their responsibilities covered TV, radio, and billboards all over the South. Millions of dollars were spent promoting Coke products throughout the South, and these women were no pushovers when it came to negotiating a fair rate. This, I decided, is where I was really meant to shine. So I adjusted my schedule to do at least half of my work after everyone else left for the day and devoted my time to talking with the buyers, who were only too eager to recount their exploits in negotiating favorable rates. I learned which markets were small and not so important, except for the fact there weren't any other TV or radio stations in that region. I heard about difficult bottling company managers that tried to tell these buyers what TV spots they should buy because these were the programs they themselves watched. This was the era of All in the Family and other notable sitcoms that would not see the light of day now. I worked this schedule for a year, and believed I was about ready to have my own territory. I asked my boss what I needed to do, and he just laughed at me. However, one of the sharpest, sharpest tongued buyers heard this conversation and went to bat for me. So six months later, I was given a very small territory, but it also included the very cheery market of Charlotte, North Carolina, a big city and an important market. I was thrilled and scared to death. I made my bones on the smaller markets who basically were happy to have as much Coke money as they could get. And then I struck out for Charlotte. You need a bit of background information here. In the Charlotte area and surrounding territories, there were many Coke bottling plants. Also, in a different pattern than my smaller markets, the head honcho was the bottler in Charlotte, whose name was Bill, and he pretty much told the other bottlers what they wanted. Bill had a, had a, well, I guess he had a reputation. He was a hard customer to satisfy. And he frequently thought he knew better than the media buyers. When I set up my meeting with Bill, I was told I would have lunch with owners from many surrounding towns as well as himself. I'd been to Rotary Club meetings, so I thought I had this in the bag. As it turns out, Well, that wasn't quite the truth. I arrived at the luncheon outfitted in a snappy navy skirt suit, as these were the days before pants for women were approved of in the South. 
Completing my outfit was a pristine white blouse with a round neck. I thought I was the epitome of a successful media buyer. We met in a large room that had a horseshoe table arrangement, allowing all of these men to gaze upon my every move. I was sitting next to Bill, not my first choice, and I galvanized all my Southern manners in attempting polite conversation with him. Our first course was a shrimp cocktail served in what I call sherbet dishes with the shrimp gracefully draped over the side. I love shrimp cocktail, which caused my first lapse in paying attention. As I daintily nibbled at my shrimp, I also engaged in conversation with those men seated directly across that horseshoe from me. There was no lag in the conversation until I happened to look down to adjust my napkin in my lap and noticed half a shrimp hanging off my bosom. I would like to report that my face did not immediately turn crimson, but I, well, I can't be sure that was the case. Arranging my face into what I hoped was a facsimile of no problem here, I removed the shrimp, placed it on the side of my plate, and carried on talking for what seemed like an eternity. Finally, as the shrimp course was removed in preparation for the next course, I excused myself to go to the ladies' room. Once there, well, gosh, I was horrified at the landscape of red across my shirt front. White, as you might know, becomes transparent when wet, so rinsing out the cocktail sauce and putting the shirt back on was out of the question, although I tried it anyway, removing my shirt and using the hand dryer as best I could. My suit jacket did not cover enough of my chest when buttoned up to be acceptable, not to mention the fact that when I sat down, it would gape open. So leaving the shirt off was not an option either. Finally, I was struck by a brilliant solution. Turning the shirt around front to back, I tucked it into my skirt and surveyed the result. Well, it looked perfect except for the fact that the front, which was now really the back, cut into my neck in a very uncomfortable way. I returned to the luncheon, looking much better than when I left, and I felt rejuvenated and proud of myself. Not one man mentioned this mishap. Nary a reference was made throughout the rest of the meal, but every single man shook my hand as he left, and later, Bill told me I had really impressed him. I worked with Bill on the fall TV and radio schedules, asking his advice on how to make sure we got what he ordered. He seemed pleased I sought his guidance. That was the foundation of our collaboration, and it served both of us well for the rest of our time working together. I did shine in my new job, and I loved every minute of it. The moral of this story is that you just never know what the universe will throw at you. So be on your toes and trust that you will know what to do when the time comes. I put this story under the category of sounds absurd, but it's true. Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining too. Don't forget to subscribe and if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. But you might want to try another one. They're all really different. You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on now that you ask podcast.com. Bye bye for now.